You're listening to OEA Grow, a member-led production of the Oregon Education Association. OEA Grow is by members for members. In Season 2, educators discuss conflict resolution strategies. Your host for Season 2 is OEA member Joyce Rosenau. Hello, welcome to our first podcast on the mediation and our first session will be on conscious listening and we will be talking with Brenda Narayan Wold and she will introduce herself right now. Hello. Hi. Yes, my name is Brinda. My students at Kelly Middle School in the Eugene 4J School District call me Ms. Brinda. I am uh, the counselor there. I've been a school counselor for 15 years and and have been in the Eugene 4J School District at the elementary and middle school levels for my entire career. Um, I started with mediation because I thought that it was such incredibly important work to have people be able to share what's going on in their lives so that they can work towards peace. And mediation is a beautiful way to do that. So I got involved in the whole mediation uh, program for, I believe, over the last three or four years. And um, I've benefited by it. My students have benefited by it. My parents have benefited. Staff have benefited. And clients that we've worked on in the um, OEA Mediation Network, they have benefited by it too. Thank you. And I'm glad that you mentioned that this isn't only for times when you are in direct mediation. Um, Throughout these broadcasts, we're going to bring up times when you can use this in your life with your students, with your colleagues, with people you know. So um, those people are listening. I don't want them to say, oh, I'm not in mediation. It doesn't matter. These are tools that you can use in your whole life. With your partner, with your mother-in-law, at the Thanksgiving (laughs) table. Yes, we all are in mediation all the time because we're human beings. Good. So the first thing that we're going to talk about, and I'm glad we're starting out with this, is conscious listening. We all say that we listen and we all like, oh, I hear you. But can you tell us what is the distinction? What does it mean when we're doing conscious listening? And are there specific tools that can help us do that? To me, conscious listening is paying attention to what has heart and meaning. When you're paying attention to what has heart and meaning, you are listening to what is being said and what is not being said. That's an important distinction. Every time uh, we speak, we are giving off messages all over the place. That includes our body language, that includes our eyes, that includes how we fold our arms, that includes... um, everything really. And we as mediators are trained deeply to pay attention to all of those signs and symbols. Um, uh, For example, you know, sometimes when people are in conflict, they might have a stance that feels defensive. They might have a stance that feels um, where there's some resistance. Um, There is a stance of yearning, what they really want and what they've tried to do. For example, they might say things like, I do so much and I feel like it doesn't matter. 
Or they might say something like, I really want to feel welcomed and I just don't. Or I feel like I'm being treated and I don't matter. Or some people might use, and this is really uh, common, I find, where we use facts to help build up our belief to an emotional situation. And when we say, well, I've done this and I've done that and I've done this and I've done that and still it's going on, um, we are trying so hard to make a sense of peace, but it's not working because facts against emotionality hardly ever works. And so we have to pay attention to what is said and what is not said. And the best way to do that is through open-ended questions. Uh, what kinds of things can you get to with open-ended questions that may not be, person may not be actively saying them, but what are some ways that you can ask questions to get people to get to the root of the issue? Well, first of all, before we get to the open-ended questions, one of the most important and very powerful things that mediators do is we create an emotional and psychological safety. We have to create that because people need to be heard and they feel like they have not been heard. And they come in with trepidation and fear. And so sometimes through open-ended questions, actually, we begin to create a sense of safety where there is space and time for a person to share what is really going on with them. Um, and everybody has a story or an experience to share that they need to have heard. And open-ended questions that's asked in a sense of curiosity um, allows for people to really feel that they matter. And so when we ask them, like, how does this affect you? You say that you want to be uh, acknowledged for the work that you're doing, but you don't feel like it is. Let's hear about that. How do you wish you could be heard? What would be needed for you in order to feel like you matter? Those are when you ask with curiosity and not tinged with any kind of tone or with body language, a person really feels like you want to listen to them and they share their story. And when they begin to share their story, the mediator gets to enter in and to hear things that are true, that are said and not said. Um. How much time should be spent talking and listening? A lot of people are afraid of silence. Is there a good time for silence in our listening experience? I think each and every one of us knows when we are being authentically listened to and when we are not. Um, again, when we as mediators come into this work, where we interview person A and we interview person B to get each of their perspectives of what the conflict is, we must listen deeply to them. And sometimes that means listening to them in silence so that they can be sure that they have the time to really explain what they are, are experiencing. And what people really want is validation. They so we validate what they're experiencing. That doesn't mean that it's right or wrong. It just means that we are validating that what they're feeling is really uh, their, their truth, right? And then we get to empathize. Like, that doesn't feel good. I can see 
how this experience is feeling for you when you say that I don't feel like I'm welcome. We get to empathize with them. We get to ask clarifying questions. And the clarifying questions sometimes can be a way to start to interject other points of view so that we can really make sure that things are, so that we can get to their point of view. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And sometimes in all of that, there is a bit of silence so that people can sit with what it is that they need to say. And that is a gift, silence. Good. Are there ways that the person who is actively listening can let um, the person they're listening to know that they're listening? I mean, it's hard. We're on the radio, so you can't see like the nods. But what, what are some kinds of things that someone who's actively listening will do to show that they are actively listening? Summarizing what they're saying. When you get to summarize the point of what a person is saying and asking is, do I have this right? Um, that is extraordinary because a person will be able to say yes. And by the, by the quality of their yes, we can hear if it's really true, right? Like if a person says, yeah, you can pretty much count on the fact that you didn't really get their story. If they say, oh my gosh, yes. Or when they say, yes, you get a better sense of what you're saying shows that you've been listening to what is said and unsaid. Um, I know it, as mediators, we just recently had a um, discussion about dignity. And I know that you wanted to talk a little bit about um, how we, uh, the relationship between dignity and dignity during mediation. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? I do. Thank you, Joyce. I do. Um, we all want to be treated as if we matter. When we are involved in mediation, uh, when people seek mediation, when people feel like there's a conflict, uh, we know, they know, we know that when we're not treated with dignity, we suffer, right? We suffer. And when we are treated with dignity, we flourish. The mediation process is designed for people to share what they're suffering and to work towards flourishing by giving people their dignity back. And my job as a mediator, our jobs as mediator as people who want to step into resolving conflict is to liberate people into their dignity. How cool is that? When we use open-ended questions without judgment, but with 100% curiosity, when we deeply listen to people, when we ask behind the questions that people are talking about, we are understanding how they are suffering and we are understanding ways to get them back to their own dignity. Thank you. Can you think of ways that um, teachers can use conscious listening to get to the root of some problems with their students that they're having in class? Teachers are extraordinary because they hold so many responsibilities in the classroom. And if we can remember that when a child, when a student is acting up, when they are uh, showing behaviors that are hard to deal with in the classroom, 
that students are speaking a language that says all is not well with them, right? And so what is the cause of what is not making them well? Again, it's they're, they're showing us signs of suffering, that their dignity is not being met. They don't feel like they matter. And so sometimes some of it is, do they understand what's happening with instruction? Is there something that's going on that feels not right for them? How did their morning start? What is your wish for what is your wish for how you want class to be today and how can I help? All of these are the kinds of questions that we can get to that might help calm and soothe the student because once a student, once anybody has a deep relationship and trust with a person, they are much likely to do better. And of course, this doesn't work for a uh, hundred percent of the cases, but boy, oh boy, does it ever work for the vast majority of cases. That interrelational trust between a person and another person is significant for a person to feel like they belong. Good. Um, one thing that I've been thinking about too is when we're talking to people who are in conflict, um, trying to find out what their intention is. Um, a lot of times words carry meaning and phrases carry meaning that the other person may not be aware of. So I know that sometimes a good question is, um, what did you intend when you said that? Or what was your intention? What What do you want out of this? Um, can you come up with some other good key questions that people could ask someone that they're in conflict with to just say, I need to get to the root of this. I want to know what's happening. Do you have some good ideas of questions for that? Um, I, I do, and I, I I just want to throw up a little bit of um, throw out a tiny little bit of caution here, because when we sometimes it's more than just a quick five minute con conversation that you have to have somebody to get at the root of conflict, um, and in using the quickness of time to settle a disagreement sometimes doesn't do homage to a person who's holding on to something where they feel uh, um, disrespected, shall we say, or unheard or what have you. Um, uh, really, if we really think about dignity, that we all want to be treated as if we mattered, we, we have to have care. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Um, yes. Yeah. There's no quick fix. Like even, um, you know, mediation sessions usually are hours um, before people start to feel comfortable. So, yeah, I understand your caution. Well, but I don't want to say hours either because I don't want to dissuade people from getting into mediation because of hours. What it takes is the amount of time that it's need to create safety and to get their situation resolved. I think people who enter into mediation are extraordinarily courageous because they want to enter into a process that is safe so that they can feel better, so that they can feel as if they matter. And mediation is extraordinarily successful in doing exactly that. Um, I am amazed at, at all of the people for whom I've done mediation. Um, where they come with this collection of experiences that have been harming them, right? They've been suffering, but they want it to be resolved. And they enter into this process. And every single time I have been a mediator or a co-mediator, people have left 
looking like they have just lost 50 pounds, 50 pounds of psychic weight, 50 pounds of psychological bruising. They're, they've lost it. And they are leaning in and saying, oh my gosh, I feel better. The other person involved in the mediation lean across saying, I've learned so much. Thank you. And it's worth it. It's worth it to have the space and time in order to fix things. During the mediation session, we actually do ask a lot about intent and impact. What did you intend to say when you said, we have no time for this meeting, I have to put you on hold? (laughs) And what was the (laughs) impact of that? Because person B is going to feel completely impacted by a person's desire to move a meeting along. And then what are ways in which we can solve this so that it doesn't happen again where a person feels impacted by an intention? So uh, we do that work in mediation. We do that work in conflict. And I think if we hold that each and every person in us wants to be treated as if we matter, we will begin to find the questions of how can I change so that you know that I know that you matter. It's gorgeous stuff. Yes, it is. Thank you. Okay, that's the end of the session. Unless there's something you want to say, Brenda, that you didn't get a chance to say. So in conflict, there are usually three areas of conflict that come up for all of us. And as OEA members, you have access to conflict mediation where we can help you resolve those things. Usually the three areas of conflict are in communication, in decision-making, and in professionalism or our roles. We know how to facilitate these conversations. We know how you can help, how we can help you resolve your situations. And we use a lot of conscious listening to help you get to a place um, of peace and well-being. And uh, and that's super important. If you want to get involved in mediation, you can send an email to mediation at oregoned.org. It's a process, but it's so worthwhile because you matter and you need to matter in your school, in your life, everywhere. And we know how to help you with that. Thank you for your time. Um, This was our first episode and I hope that you will listen as more come. Thank you. For more OEA professional learning opportunities, visit our webpage at grow.oregoned.org dot org.